You're listening to The Magnet Podcast. Welcome, uh, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is the Magnet Theater Podcast. I am Lewis Kornfeld. I'm joined today by Alex Marino. Hello. Uh, and we are talking to the legendary TJ Jagodowski and Dave Pasquese. TJ and Dave, guys, thanks for coming in and talking. Hello, Lewis. <laughs> Hello. Is it legendary? Is that the thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a bit. Yeah. <laughs> that, Sorry, that's you on you guys. That's too bad. That's what you get. I, I know of no legends. <laughs> I, would like, I would like to hear these legends of which you speak. I think of it's more as actual. Yeah, actual. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. The actual TJ We're joined today Dave. by the actual yeah, TJ and Dave. Yeah, that'll, uh, I'll the come body. to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so I wanted to start off uh, uh, and talk about the Mission Theater, which you guys have just opened recently Yay! in the brand new I.O. complex. Uh, um, tell us a little bit about it. It's great. It's really cool. Um, it's a beautiful room, um, that we're trying to put beautiful, beautiful things in. Um, and, uh, it's about a hundred and 150 seat box in, uh, what's called the Clybourne corridor area of Chicago at 1501 North Kingsbury. And, uh, right now we got a review in there, a uh, sketch review that runs Thursday through Sunday with some great folk. And us, and we're going to have music on Monday nights. Our friend uh, Ike Riley is uh, starting us off there. And then Tuesday is going to be kind of a hip to all fields kind of kind of evening. And uh, we're just really jazzed. We're really jazzed. There's there's a lot of a lot of real uh, through no through no uh, uh, doing of our own. Really, some nice stuff going on in that in that room. And now we're just trying to get folks to come see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so as soon as this uh, is concludes, people should uh, get to Chicago and go look at this. Yeah, that's the only reason you guys came here, just to plug, just to plug the theater. <laughs> yep. So regardless of the questions. <laughs> They're all leading right back to the theater. <laughs> um, can we talk for a second about the show that you guys just put up, uh, uh, the sketch show? You bet. Yeah. At the Mission Theater at in the Chicago? Mission theater, yeah. <laughs> Where in Chicago is that? It's at 1501 North uh, Kingsbury. It is in the building of the new I.O., mm-hmm. And but within that building, we have our own theater, um, and we're doing stuff that's considered well. Not it's different than the rest of the building, mm-hmm. and so there's a little bit of uh, we're trying to maintain some some autonomy, but we get the benefit of having Sharna. It was we couldn't have done it alone. It's re, it's really worked out great. Yeah, so far we just got to get people in there. It's probably a very general question, but what is different about what you guys are doing? Like, what, what's what's the... We're doing a sketch show. Predominantly, it's, you know, four nights a week, we're doing a, a, a sketch review. Um, so that's unlike the rest of the building. The, the, it's mostly improvisation and, mm-hmm. and a couple... Uh, I, they may once in a while throw up a sketch show, but it's it's almost exclusively improvisation the rest of the building. And most of our shows are uh, on ice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of skating, <laughs> um, and that's different than the rest of the building, too. Yeah. 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 A lot. A lot of skating. That's that's subjective. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, different from the rest of the building, but not different from most of the comedy seen in Chicago, as I understand. No, no, no. Sure. no most right. of Chicago. Yeah, I guess right. right. <laughs> I guess that's right. I guess Sharn is the one that's out of the loop. <laughs> the pendulum is swinging back. <laughs> uh, um, so from what I've read of the reviews, it sounds like the show has a very specific sensibility to it and something. It's it sort of, I'm garnering that there's almost like a classical sketch sensibility to it. Is that a Well, don't go by Chris Jones, for fuck's sake, if that's one of the reviews you're talking Fuck about. Fuck the FCC. <laughs> <laughs> Shit is tight. <laughs> 
Uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, I, I really wish that you were here in, uh, 30 minutes before we started recording because there's already some great jokes. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think there is a sensibility to it, but it, it certainly is. I mean, I would say Dave and I co-directed it, so there, our sensibility is probably in some directorial touches on it, and but all, it was created by the cast. But yeah. also, I mean, our influence of who the cast is also. So um, we chose folks who we like the way they think and so it's got uh it's it's uh, it's it is their material entirely it, it it's i really i really like it i i just saw it again the other night and i just it's a mm. it's a most enjoyable show yeah what is the what was the process for putting together a show like this we hired uh folks and then we uh stuffed them in a room uh we rented a space from straw dog theater their upstairs rehearsal room and we were in there five hours a day rehearsing um uh having them improvise as a group just throwing different pairs together just all improvisation then when we'd see something that was interesting to them and us we'd work on that a little bit and Mm -hmm. that's that's just how it came to be came to be is there anything that came in written i song right Right, but those songs came out of improvised scenes. Um, yeah, and an idea, I think uh, uh, Money Shot might be a, an idea that Tanner came in with, not that didn't, or was there a, no, I don't think. That was that improvised, that was just about a guy oh, okay, retiring great. from porn. Great. He just had Mike do a monologue. But yeah, it was all done through, all done through improvisation, mm-hmm. about five weeks. Mm-hmm. and uh, Five weeks from day one to opening night, wow. no, to preview. And rehearsing five hours a day, how many days a week? Five. Yeah. So everyone found a way to get out of their job or work from home because this was all noon to five. So everybody was putting in, all the the cast was putting in big hours. Laurel, this woman who manages at a a gym, would, you know, go to work before, come do this, go to work afterwards. One fella, it was great, uh, this fella Tanner who was working in advertising, said, you know, he wanted to do this, and he asked his boss, and his boss said he used to direct stuff for the UCB at The Annoyance way mm. back in the day, and he said, like, man, if I if I had a chance to put up a sketch show, I would do it. And so he held his job for him for a month and a half wow. while he dicked around with, with us. us. Another fellow did web design for Granger. They let him work from, from home and uh, did it. Um, Paul Grandi has two young boys at home and was, we were, we paid people to rehearse and he was losing money on just babysitting costs Mm. to, to, to do, to do the show. It was, it was really, really cool. They're wonderful. Yeah. It's a great, you met Tanner's folks last night. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What for you guys, uh, um, from a directing side of things, um, uh, that's the right way to phrase this. Uh, how are you, what are you looking at in terms of the environment that you're creating in order to set these people free to create their show? What kind of guidance do you give them? What are you looking? Okay. Um, how much are you looking to kind of direct and help along and how much are you looking to create a space for them to follow their instincts? It was pretty much just creating a space for them. Um, but like Dave was saying, from the people that we chose from the auditions, it was one thing that was was true of all of these people is no not a single one of them at any point during the uh, any part of the audition the callbacks sold out sold out a moment they mm. they all played real none of them played none of them played for a laugh and with mm. that said we just wanted to 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 see what they did you know doing doing scenes with each other I think one thing that we were particular about is that 
we we were never going to ask them to to like chase to chase a laugh in anything that they were that they were working on. It was okay if things went dark, hard, as long as they were real. And we also said we didn't need anything to be current. That was one thing we we weren't going to do. It wasn't going to be uh, like a comment on a political situation that might be different in a month. We wanted the scenes to sort <laughs> of a, feel as if they could be timeless. Crazy um, dance craze. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Can you guys talk for a sec about what I, I love? I do though love scenes about you know my fad dance crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that that Macarena stuff still plays. I saw a reference to a Macarena to the Macarena in a movie recently, like a recent movie. Well, they, probably written just just the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's still fertile ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Uh, also, um, one of the things that I heard from some of the cast was that they'd not often been encouraged to behave in this way before this thing that we were doing. Right. Um, so we were, you know, it's like, absolutely, do that. Really? Yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, so, you know, because most of the time when you're doing either improvisation or even the sketch is... You're kind of encouraged to, oh, let's go a little zanier and stuff like that. We No, let's see what happens instead if we go this way. Interesting. Yeah, listening to you guys talk about it, like I don't know that I've ever even heard of a show that was developed this way. Is this something that, I mean, you, you both have some experience in Second City and things like that. I, I'm not totally sure how their reviews are, are developed or put together, but I understand there's some people come in with ideas and, and scripts and things. When I was there, it was, not, it was uh, similar to this, but we had the uh, benefit of trying out stuff in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. The For Trap, the review, that's the title of the review at the mission, is uh, we didn't have that luxury. We didn't have a, a stage that we could get up and work on in front of people. So that all this was kind of uh, just we were the ones, and they, the, all of us together, I mean, uh, were the ones who were deciding – well, that seems to work well for us. And then when we did we did throw some stuff up at the upstairs gallery. We go on Wednesday nights and put up a couple scenes and see. Well, are we dead fucking wrong? You know, uh, but people seem to respond positive. At least you know those folks there, and those are the ones that we're we're hoping to uh, to impress. And my experience at Second City, the two reviews I did there were were closer to to how we did it than okay. otherwise. I think it's I think it relies a lot on um, <clears throat> directorial discretion, and sure. I think some directors prefer you know bring in bring in scripts and stuff. I was directed by Mick Napier and Josh Funk, and they were both um, great with having us you know create the material from improvising. But I was also in phenomenal improvising casts. You know, the uh, Tallarico and Dorf and oh, yeah. Steph Weir and Susan Messing, Tammy Sager, like, Oof. so uh, Mick Brayer, uh, uh, Keegan, uh, Keegan-Michael Key. So, like, wow. uh, between the, the two cast. cast, yeah, Abby Sher. It was, it was, between the two, it was just phenomenal improvising casts. And so, um, they, they let us kind of, you know, make our stuff, make our stuff there, so. What's your guys' priority when you're watching other people form, perform as directors? Realness and authenticity. Um, um, what would be for you the show that you would be most proud of creating an offering to an audience? What, it's a what, show called Trap. <laughs> at the, Where is that? Where? At the Mission Theater in Chicago, Illinois, 1501 North uh, Kingsbury. Yeah, it's pretty... It's pretty darn good. Um, and, and it's not to say that there, there's a couple scenes in there that are just goofy and fun. I think what we, what we wanted was to, to have, I, I, my experience, the, 
going to sketch shows recently have felt like afterwards I had a good time, but nothing kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't, I wasn't kind of still thinking about stuff when I, when I left or mm-hmm. like, it didn't feel like there had been an impression left. And, um, and so I think we wanted stuff that maybe stuck with you for a little bit yeah. that you were a little bit, affe- a little bit affected by. Um, also the one other thing that we said was like, well, if it's goofy, let's have it be great and goofy, yeah. or, you know, like that it's, um, that it's excellent at what it at what it is, and so the scenes that are in there are excellent at being really honest, you know, ingrained relationship scenes, and the things in there that are goofy are are I think really good at being goofy. And yeah. frankly, there's a couple things in there that are that are scary, mm-hmm. and I think they're good at being good at being scary. Yeah. Um. And so the, not only this show, but our, uh, one of the things that like is kind of within our mission statement for the mission theater is that whatever it is, uh, whether it's sketch or improvisation or music or film, that it'd be really damn good at yeah. what it is. You know, if, if it's music, it's going to be real goddamn good music. Um. And so hopefully we'll live up to that, you know, with, within shows and then, Overall, for as long as we last, hopefully it'll just be good stuff all the time. And that seems to be a big part of the ethos of the way that you guys improvise, of walking away from one of your shows. You tend to remember these characters as being very vivid, dimensional people. They, they leave an impression on you. I, I saw a sketch show, Dave, that you were in um, about three years ago at Barrow Street. With that, TJ directed that. You directed that? Oh, mm-hmm. It did. Um, that was with Susie Gillen. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, which was an amazing show. And still to this day, two scenes are sort of burned into my brain. The drunk husband coming late at night mm-hmm. to talk with his ex-wife and a uh, kid with his mother who they have oh, there. Yeah. It, was, it was a really amazing scene. Um, um it seems to me that when, because in my mind, I sort out the difference, and I, I think this is probably artificial, but when I think of sketch versus scene, the priority in sketch seems to be uh, um, get the laugh and do anything that heightens that laugh. Whereas sketch versus, I'm sorry? Scene. So, for like instance, improvised the, uh, no, even you oh, like okay. when you come up across something like Nichols and May. For me, it doesn't feel like a sketch when you're listening to it. It feels like a scene. It feels like human beings who are able to be affected by one another and who are capable of change. Whereas when you think of sketches, or when I think of sketches, the tendency seems to be about the redundancy of finding surprising and inventive ways to manipulate a game that's in play. Uh, um, Then we're not doing sketches. (laughs) You're doing a scene show. Doing a scene show. Uh, um, Well, that's not true. Yeah. There's campfire. (laughs) <laughs> where can people see campfire um it's in the, it, it it will be towards the end of an evening uh that we call trap which is at the mission theater in chicago illinois 1501 north kingsbury um i've read in an interview with you guys that you said that when you're on stage performing uh um the comedy is never in your mind you're never thinking about what's going to be funny about it is that true right uh, absolutely yeah that seems like that would be a harder way to do it yeah when you're improvising, what, where is your compass aiming? How do you have the feel for what's going to be really excellent? Uh, we don't. I but think, I, I think, think to be honest, or go ahead. Go ahead, David. Uh, to be honest is kind of where we're headed. Yeah. And uh, it, usually that's m- more interesting, at least. Honest from the perspective, because uh, uh-huh. honest is a really loaded word. So what do you guys mean when you say aiming for honesty? 
Honest, meaning to the fullest integrity of the characters that you're creating? Yeah, in the, in the situation, right. Uh-huh. So, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Really, how would someone actually behave in this situation? These things are all real. So um, to behave other than the, uh, genuinely in that situation is to not uh, play as though those things were real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think... I, I, I'm- still thinking about what you said like i don't think at least in coming in in you know directing trapper i think as we think about it we don't draw that line between sketch and scene or think about it that heavily defined like the the things in there that they might they might be a sketch they're they're a scene as yeah. they're they're a scene as well, well um, a, that's a line that i completely made up that's you know and that like i think in that um also like when we we you know think about doing a show it's often funny it's certainly improvisational, but we don't. There's no line that necessarily needs to be drawn, you know, bet- between between the the two. Um, and so, yeah. So the comedy is is never a thought because we're too busy trying to improvise well to worry to complicate it to possibly mess it up with with that with that concern. And it turns out more often than not, if we stay focused on the improvising of it, that other thing will will be will be true mm-hmm. you know it'll often be comedic but if we focused on the comedic i don't know if we'll ever if we'd ever get to, to improvise at all mm-hmm. right and it gives the shape of your shows something that i think is pretty unique um because they don't there are patterns in your shows that don't feel like designed mapped out patterns there are patterns <laughs> that feel more but you know patterns well that, played <laughs> it, it for me, when I watch your shows, it feels a little bit more like the kind of patterns that you see in, in organic forms and wood grain and water. And, and there are patterns that are there, but they don't seem calculated. Whereas in an awful lot of comedy, you can sort of feel the sweat and effort that's going into the correct way to develop the joke or to develop the premise. Is that part of part of your intention when you're playing to kind of find beautiful experiences between people? Well, and I think part of it is there maybe not intention. Mm. It's just really honestly just following the next little thing mm. um, and without any concern for design. Um, well, because I've even, I've seen shows where I, and I pulled you aside afterwards, having seen tons of connections among different themes. There was one about, um, uh, you were like throwing muffins out, to birds or something. And it was like going down into the soil. And there was this whole like repeating thing of like going down into the ground. There was an underground bookstore and stuff like that pointed out to you afterwards. And was like, are you, are you a, a, like, do you see those opportunities when they come? And you and you're like, I had no idea. I had no idea that that was even in the show until I brought it up to you. Uh, is that, is that true? Is that, I mean, I no, I, I, you were lying. To I got me caught. At the time. I got caught lying. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's yeah. true. It is true. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just spending all your time, like TJ was saying. If I, if we're spending all our time doing that, then we don't have time. Of we course. don't have brain left to improvise. Yeah. And that takes a lot. What sort of uh, to pay attention? I mean, that's the job. I, you know, the main main focus for me when improvising is paying attention to everything. You know, I should be paying attention to the themes and stuff like that too, but I, that's a little beyond me. It's too much. Yeah. But the, but the thing, the thing that amazes me though, is that those themes still emerge. Yeah. You know? And they'll be noticed or not. Another thing that we, we've come to realize is these shows are the, what we look what we are doing and 
our experience is vastly different than anyone else's experience. Sure. So, yeah, it's I, mean, I it's if you focus on trying to improvise well, I think a lot of good things happen accidentally. Yeah. Like theme may emerge or you find characters that may that may stick with people or or something funny happens, you know. Uh, I I'm trying to think of like a metaphor for it that if you just kind of like Head out on a walk to see, you know, to like take in the world. Some other really wonderful things might happen. You might run into someone you you, you know. You might see beautiful things. You might stop in a bookstore, like, and all right. those things kind of accidentally happen yeah. along the way right. while you're just trying to take take in the world as fully as you can. Yeah. Or, or I have to go catch that bus and. One of two things can happen. I will either catch the bus or I will not catch the bus. And those are the only two options. Mm. And neither of them are interesting. Mm. <laughs> if that's the, if, yeah, if you're right. pursuing a thing exactly. that is a fixed right. point. Right. Yeah. Do you guys play with a sense of, of intention towards one another's characters or is that just something that you We don't? find that generally we tend to get along. Mm. Our, uh, the characters, the relationships, uh, we tend to play, and they're not always, but we tend to try to look, you know, if we're going to bias it one way, if the option is there to bias it towards really enjoying each other or not, we will tend to like one another. Mm. That's about the only overall, you know, rule or whatever that we have. Yeah, it makes things easier for us to start with nothing wrong. Because yeah. um, also, like, if we don't like each other, we're going to want to know why. And then we've started with a problem that we either and need to solve or not. Story. So we need to catch yeah. the bus or or miss it right off the bat. And right. why start with you know already a hurdle in your in your in your way? Yeah. If you can decide not to. Yeah. It seems like I mean there are you know times in your shows where conflicts do emerge, but they emerge in such like a natural, organic way that you've had an opportunity to see them, so you understand them when you're. And they're more organic, and they're real to these people. Yes. I think TJ point points it out was that you know we're we can go ahead and avoid conflict all we not all we want. It's going to show up, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so we don't have to actively pursue it. Sure. It's going to show up. Like rather than mom always liked you better at the right. beginning, we end up my shoelace broke, and that's that's really means something to those people after a while. You know, so it's it's more hopefully more integral to the scene than. Than, lay, than story laid on. Well, also just, it allows for more possibilities. When you're in that shared space of people who enjoy each other's company and want to be with each other, you don't have to worry quite so much about... Uh, yeah, for some reason, we don't have to explain that, yeah. right? Yeah. You have to explain why we don't get along, but you don't have to explain why you do get along. Right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, um, I find when I'm improvising that uh, sometimes a thought will suddenly kind of pop into my head and I'll just know what I think about another character and whether I choose to act on it or not puts me in a place of now total comfort for the rest of the show. I just know my purpose with them and that informs everything. And then the rest is just paying attention. You gave a note in a class one time, uh, um, to leave things ambiguous if you can afford to do so which has always stuck with me. And I've always interpreted that to mean leave it out as long as you know what you're leaving out. Right. Um, right. Rather than leave. Right. It's not leading people along without giving them all the information you right. have. Right. Yeah. But yeah, we don't have to define everything. Yeah. Cause again, that's oh, we're actually going just going to catch the bus. Yeah. 
What, what do you guys do if this even happens when you run into moments together where you kind of the next path doesn't present itself clearly? You're at that place where now there's a stillness to the show and, and you don't know the next thing to respond to. Dig that. Yeah. That shit is tight. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the FCC. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we sit. I think we sit in that. If 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 things have gotten still, there's probably there's probably a good reason for it. Like these two people needed to take a breath, or or, or the show did, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and something's always gonna happen. Yeah. Also, like, just because there's silence doesn't mean nothing's happening. Right. Oh yeah. We right. Just, yeah. And you can watch that. Like you guys, you guys are still being affected by your environment. You're still doing stuff, and it does feel natural. And so. God, just so much better than talking because you feel like you have to talk, so there's not any silence. I love yeah. silence. Mm. Yeah, the still. I mean, like a quiet is gonna be is gonna start to be wrong as soon as you feel like it's it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you will put that on it. The quiet is fine by itself. What when it gets weird is when you start thinking this isn't enough yeah. right now, and then it starts to seem like it's weird, and it makes you say something you don't believe or. Do something you weren't you weren't you weren't going to do. It's uh, we have yet to find a spot that if we are really letting improvisation lead us, that the next thing doesn't eventually show itself. Yeah, it it, it will it will tell you what's supposed to happen next. And sometimes that's just sitting it right now, man. Just yeah. like taking the quiet. It's yeah. fine. It's just fine. And actually, I find that like in my experience. The thing Lewis was talking about, about, um, you know, you don't have to say everything that you know. You can notice things and just sort of hold on to them, log them away. Um, gives you something to come back to in those moments of silence where it's like, oh, this is, an, this is now an opportunity to explore this thing that I kind of know. Or that might be an offering that you can throw into that. And also, like, you, you're, you're trying to be true to the situation that yeah. is at hand. And sometimes, like... Oh, this other guy in a coffee shop is clearly showing himself to be an asshole, mm-hmm. but he's just some other guy in a coffee shop. And given this circumstance of me just being a guy who wants to drink his coffee quietly, I don't talk to that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's my brother, you right. know, then then with that information, you behave you behave differently. If you're a store owner and right. you with that information, you behave differently. But you really are, you know, under... Um, living in the the circumstances of that world at that time, so um, given information, depending on the relationship that is at hand, is either spoken or unspoken, depending on depending on the world that that you're in and the people you are within that within that world. It seems like one of the really useful takeaways of just improvising for years and years is cultivating that attitude. Cause I assume it's always a part of your thinking this idea that like, Oh, this is wrong right now, or this needs effort on my part or that, you know, like, but having that improviser's attitude of accepting that everything that's happening right now is great mm-hmm. and fine and perfect as is. And the next moment reveals itself. It's almost the way I think that like visual artists learn to um, bypass that part of your mind that sort of uh, tells you what you're seeing and prevents you from actually seeing what's in front of you. They learn to shut it down so that they can draw the object and not what they know of the mm-hmm. object. Oh, cool. You know? I, I'm just thinking, hearing what you're saying, I, I think this is the, not only is, I think the next step after, not only does this, does this need help, 
that this is fine. I think the next step is this is just this fine sure. or not. Yeah. Fine or not. This is this. We're just doing this. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be fine. doesn't have to be wonderful. <laughs> this is this though. Mm-hmm. This is what this is. Yeah. I, I think like <clears throat> one, you know, one of the things you did say was having done it for a while. And, and I think that that helps also like personally, I got to play a lot and so it wasn't <clears throat> this 25 minute chunk that I get once every 10 days. I need to like right. validate my life and, right. you know, and all the time I put into it. And then, and, and so I think the, the more you get to play and the more you've played, you realize like, I have to be okay as a person, regardless of how Tuesday from <laughs> eight o'clock to eight thirty right. went, right. you know? And once you get to that, then I think you, you, you know, you're going to be, you, you are going to be more okay because you know, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether this show was great, or um, you know, if it was great, it didn't. You know, it didn't make you a hero. And if it was terrible, it didn't make you a, a, a piece of a piece of shit. You know, like um, it. It was. It was okay. It was. It, it was okay both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to say fuck the FCC? Is that what you lead forward? No. No, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, right. I lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> you lurched forward as soon as you said I shit. Know. And I think somewhere during the lurch, I. Just, <laughs> got bored with myself <laughs> what do you um, guys, i'm sorry oh, no go ahead no what do you guys think about the difference when you're watching someone who is um committing to the best of their abilities to make a moment real and to allow a moment to affect them versus watching someone who is um committing to that moment to make it dramatic or important uh then they're not committing to the moment mm-hmm. right uh oh i'm sorry maybe i misunderstood but uh, are they adding something to that moment to m- make it more dramatic or more important than yeah. it actually is? Yeah. yeah. No, that's just, I just think that's the same as trying to make it funnier or whatever. It's just, that's not really what's happening. Yeah. So let's just stick with what's actually happening. Cause that's plenty. Yeah. There's, um, there's an essay, Dave, that you wrote in the second city almanac, um, about Dell where you list off a number of things that you've taken from him that you practice. And one of them, uh, is you don't ever, you, you, I'm misquoting, but you don't have a responsibility to be funny, but you do have a responsibility to be interesting. Okay. Do you still agree with Sure, that? yeah. Can you talk about, because that's another thing that uh, I find I can get hung up sometimes of thinking, am I being interesting? And then that Well, I becomes- think what's interesting is being genuine. I remember also Dell talking about how, go ahead and uh, tell the truth, actually respond honestly, yeah. um, even though you're afraid to let people know that's the way you actually think. Mm. Because they'll all just think it's an act. So you're safe on stage yeah. to tell the truth. Mm. So, um, but, and I think the truth is always the most interesting. Because you can see it. You can say, oh, that's interesting. That stands out from all the rest of the world. Because that's the truth. That's so, you know, it's kind of rare elsewhere. So, Yeah, I think you are. <clears throat> there are I, I, my guess is there are very, very few truly absolutely dull to their core people Mm -hmm. that you've lived a unique i'm one of the few you've lived a unique life you know and if you are honest about that or honest about how you feel or honest about how you've developed your feelings uh, then it should be interesting because it's not exactly like anybody anybody else during um warm-ups for rehearsals for the for the for the sketch show the sketch show which has uh, mike brunley mike jimerson laurel kraybacher 
uh, Peter Collins, who's from here, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Grandi, Colleen Doyle, and Tanner Tannenbaum, and we have Ed Smarin on, on keyboard and the musical director, and then Scott Brady's our, our uh, stage manager, and Catherine Allen's the associate producer. And is what that, show is that? That's called it? Trap at the uh, Mission Theater, fuck the FCC, at, the, <laughs> at 1501 North, uh, North Kingsbury in Chicago, Illinois. And as we were uh, warming up for rehearsals, people would just stretch and, you know, we'd ask them a question like, what's what's the first time, you know, the first time you fell in love or what's something mm. in your life that you're proud of? And they and it was, you know, they were just honest about it. And they were all really interesting. Yeah. They weren't like crazy things. And no one playing them for right. laughs, no. not a story right. that I've worked out. So oh, here's a good one. This is the story I tell. Yeah. Right. I yeah. remember Laurel was really proud of just this job that she has mm-hmm. right now because it, it makes her feel good. And yeah. that was fascinating. And like, it's not on paper. Like, I'm I'm proud of my job because it makes me happy. It doesn't sound like, whoa, we got, you know, what the, where the hell did that come from? But it was very interesting hearing it come out of her mouth because it was actual. Yeah. It's yeah. the truth. Yeah. yeah. To watch someone tell the truth is pretty compelling. Yeah. And from an audience perspective, it does something pretty special because one by one, you begin to sort of drop your expectations of where it where things are supposed to go or what the effect is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And when you leave the show, no, that's not true. No, that is part of our plan is to have people <laughs> lower their expectations. Well, I don't mean lowered expectations. I know what you're saying. You know, like, yeah. Because then you leave the theater and that that glimpse of truth that you get off of the performers, you now start to see in the people that are actually around right. you in real life. And so the show has the effect of pointing you to reality rather than sort of pulling you away from reality, which would be the intoxicating effect of an awful lot of entertainment, make you forget about the world around you for half an hour or an hour. But a lot of times when I leave your guy shows, I find that I'm watching people on the train on the way home and noticing things about the way that they're sitting that normally I might block out, you know? Yeah, yeah and I was uh, sort of like to, to that too, because, you know, we spend an awful lot of time inside of ourselves being ourselves. Um, that it's easy, at least for me sometimes, to be like, oh, uh, well, this thing that I want to say is boring. But when you say it, it's like, oh, you don't see that because you're not inside my head all the time. It's boring to me because I fucking live right, like this. Right. Um, and likewise, like hearing that from other people, just like the thing that they see, like I just see this, um, may be very uh, uninteresting to them because that's just how they live. But mm-hmm. to me, I don't live that way. Yeah. That's fascinating. Also, I realized like sometimes I didn't know I thought this <clears throat> until I was improvising, until like improvising, like yeah. it came out of me. And I guess like I must have thought this before or feel this way, but I've never like had it as a formed thought. Like I remember from last night's show when we were talking about going to the farmer's market and this lady, which was pretty much me, was like, I'm not beating farmers anywhere. Yeah. Like, I guess I've thought that. I was like, I'm not getting up earlier than a farmer for anything, you know? Like, they're getting up as the sun's going down, they're waking, they're waking up. I'm not beating them anywhere. Only, like, only a couple months out of the year. Farmers are lazy. Fucking lazy farmers. It takes a lot to plant. It takes a lot to harvest. In between, not a fucking thing. <laughs> Fuck the farmers. <laughs> Fuck the FCC. <laughs> Same thing in a lot of ways. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, it's an amazing feeling when you're on stage and and you're smarter 
for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Something smarter comes out of your head than would normally come out of your head just walking around. Or even differently. Yeah, right. I agree. I I like that, the way that my brain works when we're doing this, uh, when we're improvising. I like that. Yeah. Um, is that something that you guys feel click before the show starts up? Is that something that sometimes you kind of mm-hmm. melt into or you just have no awareness of where it, it's just you guys... Yeah, sometimes I notice it. Sometimes it's, you know, you kind of grow to depend on it and it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like if well, I'm going to, I'm a lawyer, I'm going to now, this is a show, I'm a lawyer, I'm going to now start speaking in legalese. Yeah. So I open my mouth and sometimes the right things come out and sometimes I'm just a, a stammering imbecile. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, more often. Sometimes lawyers are. Yeah, right. but also more often than my pedestrian life. Am I able to do it on stage? You know, like my percentage is real low to be able to do that in, you know, just regular life. But it happens kind of frequently on stage. Like, I don't have this ability, and yet here I am doing this. Yeah. Do you, uh, um, this is maybe a really stupid question. You notice that in classes, if you're running scene exercises, and you set the context of the scene, uh, uh, and you tell everybody in the scene what has been happening in the moments before, where you are right now, what your basic relationship is, and then just let them hang out in the scene. Oftentimes you find that anybody can do wonderful scene work and, and just really beautiful, open, honest stuff. Then to go into a spot improv, all right, two people up, and you get a location, you find that struggle of having to invent it. And I think so much of it is just having that context and knowing the circumstances that you're in frees you to then not have to worry about explaining them to each other or to the audience or to yourself. Do you guys ever find moments when you're performing where you're thinking to yourself, I'm a lawyer in a coffee shop? Do you remind yourself of those circumstances in order to kind of like immerse it to make it real for yourself? Or is it just totally, you just do it? I don't think it's as deliberate any longer. I think it's just, though, this is what we're doing. And a lot of times I don't know I'm a lawyer in a coffee shop for a long time. I know I'm this guy to him. You know, this is the way we're behaving, whether or not I'm a lawyer or where we are may come out a long way down the line. But the most important thing is, well, this is the way this guy behaves with me and this is the way I behave with this guy. So clearly we have a uh, a friendly, close relationship, or clearly we're strangers, but not, you know, there's no contention. Yeah. 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 I think last night, even like you were a guy, like hadn't slept, drinking too much coffee, right? Something on your mind. I think 20 minutes into the show or something, it comes out that he's worried about the shop that he just opened. I don't even think we ever found out what the shop sold or, or, or whatever. But what we did know was, that that this was something that was going on in this person's life that was affecting their their relation their relationship together and and one thing I think Lewis is at least the way that Dave and I start when the lights come up and we look at each other there's already something going on and so for us like it we don't know that it's a coffee shop we don't know that it's a lawyer we don't know necessarily that we're like madly in love but what it does give us is just a little bit of something that likely happened before mm-hmm. that moment started that basically does suffice for us in in the way of like well here's who you are and here's the circumstances and here's these moments that preceded even if it's just an idea of what happened two seconds before those mm-hmm. lights came up then we have a little bit of life that's already been lived that must it must have sort of felt like this to get us to to this moment mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. um 
that that does so, give us a little right. Even though the lights are just coming up, we kind of look at it like, well, we've had a running start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something must have happened for us to be looking at each other huh. like this. Right. You know, even yeah. if it's just a second before. Sometimes, God, you know, that first look is like, boy, oh boy. We know kind of what the last 20 years have been like for these two people. Sometimes it's like, well, we know what the second was right before this. Mm-hmm. Someone just said something terrible, mm-hmm. you know, or someone last night, someone just woke up or someone's just someone woke up just and someone's already in. been up, mm-hmm. you know, and like, and that's, and that's what we know, you know, when you, and so also, so we know that someone just woke up, someone's been up. Yeah. So we know we're in the same place. We yeah. know we sleep there. So it, all that stuff, just from that tiny little bit of information that hasn't been spoken yet, we can figure out a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. So that opening moment for you guys is just kind of total focus on one another. Your read is off of what the other person is experiencing and then what that brings to your mind, brings to your association. And one, oneself. Yeah. You know, like, well, because even even though it's we're just looking at each other, there's stuff going back and forth and changes that are taking place even from that. So it's not a moment frozen in time that we're able to step back out of and look at it like a photograph because it's it's always changing. Also, but we, there's a lot you can read off that. This the tone, the you know the there's different senses. You know, there's other things you can figure out if you're paying attention. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's an understanding. It's an attempt to understand what Dave's doing what it is that I am doing, but most importantly, what do those things do together? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like, even if I know I'm hydrogen, Dave seems to be oxygen. Are we water or Mm -hmm. are we hydrogen peroxide? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, even though these are these two things, what do they combine to... He does that because he knows I don't understand chemistry. (laughs) And that is the the full length. Uh, I think those two things also... (laughs) (laughs) I'm interested to know, um, switching gears a little bit, just because it's been kind of tugging in my mind, also hearing you guys uh, talk about the things that you sort of discover on your feet and along the way. Um, Did you guys, first of all, what made you guys decide to open a theater together? And what sort of discoveries have you made between that point and also running the show the way that you guys decided to run it and putting it up? on the stage that you've sort of made your, your space? Well, a uh, long time ago, uh, Bernie Salins, the founder of Second City, came to see our show, and he said, you should get your own theater. Um, <laughs> and we said, we don't want to start a theater. <laughs> he said, there are people with skills. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, um, – so we've, we've been looking for 10 years and, uh, you know, Ali is part of that too. The impetus of, uh, um, of, you know, supporting it and, and it's like he, he, it was his suggestion as well. So we've been looking for a long time and it never really worked out. And then Sharna's moving and we decided to have, you know, it, it seemed like a, a good mix of having our own place, but also having somebody else do a lot of the work. Sure. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a nice, it's nice the way this worked out for us. Um, now, why do we want to have our own place? Because um, just like part of the reason that we started doing our show together is there's not a lot there at that time. There were not a lot of examples of that kind of improvisation. Um, and we were wondering, well, if it's offered, will people come and see that? And it turns out perhaps. Um, 
And so I would think we feel the same way about uh, a sketch review. There's not a lot of uh, that I see of this kind of sketch review. So the kind that we that has our sensibilities in it, and it's you know it's it's different than what you see around. Um, it's not it's not a laugh a minute. It's uh, there's some some difficult spots, and uh, I find it. That's the kind of thing I enjoy seeing. So, again, just like, you know, let's have a place where we can put up the things, the kinds of things that we'd like to see. So that's what this is. And, uh, you know, I, as TJ was saying, too, I, I, I think we're real proud of the, that group. They're, they're, I think it's a great show they put up. Yeah. I think there's also just a sick fascination, like, can we do this? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Sure. And, and honestly, like, with Sharna taking on, and like Dave said, we never would have you know, we, we looked at it, we explored the opportunity. We wouldn't have been able to do it with ourselves where, where, you know, where the money would have come from and, and, right. and, you know, buying a, a, a building or whatever it was. So we, um, we have a pretty soft landing. If we fail, we give her the room back, you know, and then we play on that stage <laughs> that same Wednesday, right after we've failed as, as theater, you know, people. Um, so it's, it's also like, this is a really, you know the perfect chance to see if it is something that we you know we can make fly and it's just as an experiment it's it's kind of you know titillating to yeah. see like is, can we can we pull something like this off yeah and it's dependent upon you know everybody else you know yeah. it's got after we put this up there it's not got nothing to do with us anymore it's you know whether or not people are interested in it right and an answer, I think, to your second question, being able to do our show, like to do like TJ and Dave on a stage in a theater that we consider ours was cool as shit. Man. Yeah. It felt really good. <laughs> the very first show we did on that stage was was our show. And we got to say that, you know, like, that's the first show that's, you know, ever going to have been put up at what is called the Mission Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, it was the first show in the building. Where can people find out more information on seeing these shows? Um, there is missiontheaterchicago.com, mm-hmm. um, which is a, 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 a something called a website. Mm-hmm. And where would you find that website? Um, um, on the in, on the computer, <laughs> on the computer machine, <laughs> and also our shows are listed on the uh, IO web, uh, the IO website as IO as Chicago. Well. What is it? Uh, sh- Io com I don't even know what yeah, it is. I don't know. Iocomedy.com, something like that. Awesome. What made you guys decide to call it the mission? Hmm. Oh, because we had a fantasy about creating our own church. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That yeah. we'd actually have the theater declared uh, a church. A 501c3 kind of thing. Yeah. So we wouldn't have to pay tax and stuff. Um, but, and that we also thought like... <laughs> fuck the, the FCC. Right. <laughs> and while we're at it, fuck the IRS. <laughs> and that one of the best like semi sort of churches or the dogma, you know, more yeah. so than any like established religion. We liked the, you know, the, the, the dogma of improvisation. Sure. Of like, you know, your partner comes first or, you mm-hmm. know, follow, follow the things that frighten you or, and you know, go where, you know, services go where eight times you. a week. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so we had like, Hey, if, if we ever were to be followers of a church, it would, it would, these would be the tenants of it. And so I think, uh, sort of out of, out of that was born the idea of the mission. We thought about calling it church, like, Oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to church on Friday or, you know, I'm going to church <laughs> Sunday night. Um, but then that felt a little like on the nose and we thought like the mission sort of as an outpost is, right. you know, like you kind of imagine it old wood and, you know, fire and welcoming you know. the destitute. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that, yeah. Also, uh, 
kind of then crossed with that that image of like those you know old neon crosses Jesus on saves, Jesus kinda, saves and stuff yeah. and so um and then just a little bit of the the wordplay of like oh yeah we're also like we got a little mission we want to accomplish True. yeah um so that's how we landed on that have your performers started calling themselves missionaries yet not, not yet, yet. Not not yet. Happen. good suggestion that's gonna happen they love calling themselves things. No one told people to call themselves magneteers, but someone started saying magneteers. Yeah. Can't wait for the tattoo. <laughs> TJ and Dave, thank you guys for talking. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you. Uh, uh, we're, we're also uh, writing a book that should be out at the yes, beginning of the year. Finally. I can't believe I forgot to ask about that. <laughs> it's all right. We'll see you next time. Do you guys have a release date for it? Uh, probably uh, Jan- uh, December, January. So soon. Can't wait. Mm, that's this, amazing. Yes. This has been the Magnet Podcast. I'm Lewis Kornfeld, joined today by Alex Marino. Fuck the FCC. Fuck the FCC and fuck the IRS. But hey, <laughs> not fuck you guys because you guys are great. Uh, thank you to Grant Goldberg, our engineer. Thank you to TJ Dugadowski and Dave Pasquazzi for talking to us today. Uh, and thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, please check us out online to find out more about who we are and what we do. Magnettheater.com is that website. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, uh, you know, be good. Dick choke. Dick choke. Dick choke. You've been listening to the Magnet Podcast. It's tight. Tight. Nice tight. It was tight. <laughs>